As Delta spreads, a more urgent push for vaccinations coming from Democrats and Republicans. Today we'll hear from Indiana Senators Todd Young and Mike Braun. Plus, I'll go one-on-one -on -one with RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel and Indiana Democratic Chair Mike Schmoll. This as infrastructure talks continue and as an Indiana congressman gets blocked from serving on the January 6th committee. It's all ahead this Sunday in Focus. And good morning. We start with the latest on the fight against COVID-19 with the Delta variant leading to rising case numbers here in Indiana and nationwide and new concerns about our recovery from this pandemic. This week, a much louder call in support of the effort to vaccinate more Americans. Washington correspondent Rashad Hudson has the latest. Good morning. The CDC says the Delta variant now makes up 83% of COVID-19 cases. This is leaders on both sides try and fight back against vaccine hesitancy. So if there's anybody out there willing to listen, get vaccinated. In his strongest way so far, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell says getting vaccinated is the only way to beat the COVID-19 pandemic. The way to defeat getting back into the position we were last year is to get vaccinated. This is not complicated. As cases increase, he noted that nearly all new virus hospitalizations in the country are among people who have not been vaccinated. And Tuesday, top health officials were back on Capitol Hill to testify on the path forward. We must continue to expand vaccine coverage by building trust and confidence in COVID-19 vaccines. And this is particularly important in communities of color, rural communities, and other population groups at risk. CDC Director Rochelle Walensky says it's about protecting your family and community, and President Biden is renewing his push to reach the unvaccinated. Virtually all of the COVID deaths and hospitalizations are from unvaccinated people. The White House says getting people to take the shot continues to be an uphill battle, so now they are working on a new strategy. Reporting in Washington, Rashad Hudson, back to you. All right, Rashad, thanks. Here's more data from the state of Indiana when it comes to vaccinations. Now just over 50% of the eligible population, 12 and up, is fully vaccinated across the state. That's 2.9 million Hoosiers. We heard from both of Indiana's senators on the push to vaccinate more people now that the Delta variant is beginning to surge. It's smart to get one, but no one should be forced to or to disclose whether they've had one or not. That gets into too many other areas. I'm glad that you know, all of my colleagues have been joining uh, me and, and uh, delivering a message that I've been delivering for some time now, which is uh, encouraging people to get vaccinated. Uh, you know, look, this ver Delta variant is, is it's no joke. It's uh, it's uh, very deadly. It's more infectious than the previous variants uh, of this virus. All right, let's continue that conversation right now as we're joined here in studio by RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel. Thank you so much for being with Great us. Great to be here. Great to be in the Hoosier State. Thanks for having me. I yeah, appreciate you being here. We're going to talk about why you're here in town uh, in just a moment. But first on COVID-19, you heard Indiana's senators there. It seems as if there is a much louder call this week from people, especially in your party, uh, about vaccinations. Do you join your fellow Republicans in that message? And will it work in terms of getting more people vaccinated? A CBS poll this week showing just 29% uh, of Republicans, uh, well, 29% say they have no plans to get vaccinated at all. Well, I certainly was vaccinated. My husband, my two teenage children have been vaccinated. I feel like it was safe. I encourage people to do it. 
Uh, I also think President Trump did a phenomenal job putting us in this place where we have vaccines at a record pace. I think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, with some of the doubt they cast on the vaccine when President Trump was in office, has hurt. And I think they have work to do to go educate voters and really get out and talk to them, or Americans, about the importance of the vaccine. Going back to the campaign there, you did write an op-ed for the Washington Examiner last month uh, saying former President Trump and the GOP deserve credit for the coronavirus vaccine. Why, why haven't Republicans done more to take credit uh, for that rollout? And, and would it have a big impact uh, on the hesitancy that's out there if former President Trump had more to say publicly about getting the vaccine himself and encouraging more people to get their shots as other Republicans have done more forcefully. This well, there week. was nobody more vocal about the vaccine than President Trump. And Democrats continued to sow doubt about it because he was in office. And I think it would have been helpful if President Biden had come in and said, I want to thank President Trump. This is a bipartisan effort. We need to work together. And you really haven't seen that. But should President Trump have, former President Trump, have more to say about it now? Oh, I can't imagine him doing any more than he's done. I mean, he got us here. He said the vaccines would be safe. He said we'd be vaccinating a million. People to get the he's been very now. encouraging, as has all Republicans. But again, Biden's the one in the reins right now. He owns this. He set a benchmark of 70%. He hasn't reached it. This is his administration, and they need to get this done. Let's talk about why you're here in Indianapolis this weekend. The young Republicans uh, holding a convention here in town. You're also taking part in the uh, Indiana GOP's diversity series. How important are these efforts to grow the party, make it younger, more diverse, and ahead of 22 and, and 24, will that effort also need to include any changes to the party's uh, policy platforms or policy proposals as well? So in 2020, we had huge growth in Hispanic, African-American, and Asian voters turning out for the Republican Party. And that's just going to continue as we have series like the one in Indiana, this Indiana Diversity Series, that we have 15 graduates that, that we're honoring today. It's just an amazing accomplishment. And part of it is, as we're going forward, talking about not only how you can have a better voice in being part of both parties, but also how we can be a better party by listening to these communities and learning from them as we have sustained efforts long-term. Uh, let's also talk about one of this uh, week's other big stories uh, when you talk about next generation of elected officials, uh, certainly one rising star in the party uh, here in Indiana on the national scene has been Indiana Congressman Jim Banks. Yep. Uh, he was in the headlines this past week, named by Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy to head up the Republican slate on that January 6th committee. Then Speaker Pelosi said she would block both Jim Banks and Jim Jordan from that committee. We're going to hear from Congressman Banks coming up. In the meantime, the executive director for the Indiana Democrats said this about Banks. She said Banks was as responsible for the domestic terror attack on the U.S. Capitol as other Repub Republican Party leaders, in, in her words, saying he, quote, encouraged insurrectionists to show up at the U.S. Capitol hours before one of the country's darkest days. What's your response to that and to the events of this past week? Well, I think everybody's condemned the violent attacks on the Capitol that day. I, I don't think anybody has said that the perpetrator shouldn't be pursued and have to, you know, be held to account for attacking the Capitol. But for Nancy Pelosi to abuse power and not allow Republicans to have a voice on that committee is unprecedented. Cheney is still on the committee. We well, should, we should the one she yeah. chose. Not allowing Major Minority Leader McCarthy to have the ability to have say as to who's on that committee, because there are real questions. 
why was, wasn't there more security? What did Nancy Pelosi have to do with the, those types of calls for enhanced security, knowing that there were going to be that many people in D.C.? So having a bipartisan committee is what gives it validity. And but guess what? Half the country deserves to have representation. And she just said, sorry, no, I'm in full control here, which is why she needs to be removed as speaker. Is there really any way to do a, a congressional investigation in, in a way that both parties will support in Washington these days? Well, a first start would be to let the minority leader pick who serves on the committee from the Republican Party, which she isn't letting him do. I, this is unprecedented. I've never seen this before. Uh, for her to ultimately reject Kevin McCarthy's picks for that committee uh, shows that she has no interest in working with Republicans. And boy, do we have a lot to get done. Our borders in crisis. We have inflation. We have crime skyrocketing around this country. Uh, and, and it shows that Nancy Pelosi has no interest in serving the American people and working with Republicans on anything. A lot of issues I know you'll be talking about ahead of the midterms. we got to leave it there. Ronna McDaniel, thank you so much thank you. Uh, for being with us. And we hope you have a nice weekend here in Indianapolis. Appreciate it. Love it here. Thank you so much. All right, coming up next this Sunday in Focus, we're going to hear from the new chairman of the Indiana Democratic Party, Mike Schmall, to get reaction from the other side of the aisle on this week's top stories. Plus, we'll hear more from Indiana Senators Todd Young and Mike Braun on the topic of infrastructure. The first test vote failed in the Senate, but could there be another deal soon to get this bill across the finish line? We'll have the latest up next. It begs the question that all of us should be asking, what is the speaker afraid of? That's Congressman Jim Banks this week reacting to the news that he'd been blocked by Speaker Nancy Pelosi from joining the committee investigating the January 6th attacks on the Capitol. I want to turn now to Mike Schmoll, the state party chairman for the Indiana Democrats. You heard from Congressman Banks there from the RNC chair in our studio moments ago. How do you respond to that assertion? Congressman Banks saying that Speaker Pelosi was afraid to include him and Jim Jordan on that committee. Yeah, well, you know, I think that uh, Congressman Banks being on that committee is sort of like Peyton Manning playing for the New England Patriots, Dan. I just don't think it makes sense. I don't think the congressman himself uh, believes in the premise of the committee and what they're going to look into. Um, the other thing that's really disturbing um, that I've talked a lot about with folks around the state is on January 5th, the, just the day before uh, the insurrection at the Capitol, uh, Congressman Banks posted this, uh, this, this thing on social media on Facebook, encouraging people to come to Washington, saying we can't go back to normal. Um, and so he really incited a lot of the activities that we saw less than 24 hours later. Therefore, but, I think he almost disqualified himself. But, but does this move to get rid of Congressman Banks create, create the perception for some people that the investigation won't be done in a, in a bipartisan way? I don't know. I mean, the speaker has appointed, uh, you know, has, has, there's other folks that are on this committee. Um, I think you mentioned that, that Lynn Cheney is, is going to be serving on this committee. Uh, at the end of the day, we need people who are common sense, uh, who care about our country, uh, who can call balls and strikes and will join a bipartisan commission to look at what happened. And, you know, I watched what President Biden said the other night on, on CNN. Just look at the images that happened on January 6th. That is not America, uh, and that is not American. And the fact that, you know, Jim Banks posted that just a day before, telling people to, to come to D.C., let's do this. You know, millions of people might be here. We can't go back to normal. Um, I just don't think... Uh, he's fit to serve on that committee. Okay. I don't think he can be a, uh, an honest broker. Let's talk about the, the politics of the pandemic. You heard from the RNC chair here moments ago and from our Republican senators talking about the efforts to vaccinate more Americans. What's your reaction to this, uh, this somewhat new tone from leading Republicans on the vaccine this week? Well, I think from the beginning of the pandemic to now, you've seen Republicans 
really playing politics when it comes to science and with people's lives. Um, my hope is that it's sort of caught up to the point where um, they feel the need to uh, urge their constituents, urge residents to get vaccinated. Um, you know, I'll be probably first in line here in the Hoosier State not to agree with folks like Mitch McConnell uh, and Ron DeSantis down in Florida, um, but both of those gentlemen are now out there saying get vaccinated. Um, and what we're seeing across our state, Dan, is that this is really now a pandemic uh, of the unvaccinated that you know, 98, 99% of people who are being hospitalized and who are sadly dying of, of COVID-19 um, just didn't get their shots. Um, and so I encourage um, anybody, Republican, Independent, Democrat, if you haven't got your shot yet, haven't got your vaccines yet, to please, please do so. They're available. Um, literally across our state and for free. In the meantime, uh, infrastructure talks continue in D.C. Your party's had a statewide tour talking about some of the Biden administration's policy proposals. We also heard from Senators Young and Braun on the topic of infrastructure this week. Here's what they had to say. Infrastructure is probably something we ought to get right, but pay for it, not with gimmicks, not with borrowing generally. <laughs> and all that stuff. It's going to take uh, some presidential leadership. Uh, the president's going to have to persuade uh, some of his uh, more liberal uh, members of uh, the Democratic caucus to uh, get on board with what most Hoosiers want, which is uh, they want us to fund core infrastructure, things like roads and bridges and airports and ports, uh, broadband uh, and so forth. Uh, and, and ideally, they'd like us to do it without raising taxes. I want to get your reaction uh, to what Senator Young said there. He said the president uh, hasn't shown enough leadership on the issue. We had the test vote this week that failed. And as these talks continue, it's still not entirely clear when Congress will be able to get this bill across the finish line. Well, I am very, very hopeful, Dan, that this coming week that we will have news on infrastructure. I think that President Joe Biden has shown steady competent presidential leadership um, since being sworn in. And you're right, June, we went all around uh, Indiana to talk about the American Rescue Plan, which is getting us out of COVID, putting money in people's pockets. This month and into August, we're going to be talking about the American Jobs Plan uh, and how critical infrastructure is, not just infrastructure that's hard, as uh, Senator Young just mentioned, but also human infrastructure. I would argue uh, with both senators that a few years ago, Trump passed these big tax cuts and uh, really went into the pockets of the wealthy uh, and corporations. These are packages that invest in people. These are packages that will invest in Hoosiers to help them get out of the pandemic, get the kids back to okay. school, get a good paying job, uh, and get back on track. And okay. so I am very, very hopeful that the president, and I might mention somebody that I've worked with, Secretary Pete Buttigieg, uh, can get this done and that we can start to uh, really make a difference in the Hoosier state. Okay. I know you've worked with him closely. Speaking of Senator Young, who we saw there, he's already raised a lot of money ahead of his bid for re-election next year. And as you know, it's an uphill climb for Democrats in Indiana. You haven't won a statewide election in nearly 10 years. Real quickly here, how do you turn things around heading toward the midterms next year? Well, there are a number of folks that are interested in running, uh, not just for U.S. Senate, but for other statewide offices. Uh, and I feel optimistic. This is a new uh, decade. Uh, we're a, um, a new party. I'm a new chairman. We have a new president in office. You know, Donald Trump is out somewhere in Mar-a-Lago doing his thing. Um, and I just feel as though uh, it's a fresh decade and we have a fresh start. And I think right. that deep down all across our state, Hoosiers, regardless of your party, want a balanced and fair government okay. so we can have a better exchange of ideas. Right. That's what we're going to build. And Senator Young will be held accountable uh, next year for his record. 
All right, State Party Chairman Mike Schmoll, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up next this Sunday in Focus, we'll talk with our panel about this week's top stories, including the start of the Summer Olympics amidst this Delta wave, while the NFL takes a tough stand on unvaccinated players. The Olympic Games getting started this weekend in Tokyo amidst more concerns about the spread of the coronavirus at the Olympics and around the globe. Let's bring in our panel now to discuss this week's top stories. With us on Zoom, UND political science professor Dr. Laura Wilson, and here in studio, former GOP lawmaker Mike Murphy and Democratic strategist Laura Beck. Great Thanks. to see you all. Laura, I'm going to start with you. A lot of news this week on the Delta variant surging as the Olympics get underway. Also hearing now about the NFL taking a, a tougher stand on unvaccinated players. And at the same time, it, it seems like we're hearing a more urgent message from many leading Republicans in a different tone when it comes to their approach to their messaging on the vaccine this week. Well, there seems to be a lot of contradictory messaging, certainly. And there's quite frankly, a lot of exhaustion. We remember talking about pandemic fatigue a year ago, and, and here we are with a new variant, variant a new um, potential deadly virus in terms of the COVID. And what we know with the projections is that this is very serious, and we could actually have three times the death rate predicted by the CDC come October if we keep up with this. So I, I think that the messaging can be a little bit contradictory or confusing. Uh, hopefully what people remember is we're not finished in terms of COVID quite yet, and that we all need to be safe and to keep up these boundaries in order to keep our country and certainly the international world as we talk about the yeah, Olympics, sure. keeping everyone healthy. Yeah, Mike, your thoughts on your party's uh, shift in tone somewhat on the vaccine this week, and, and what were your thoughts on what uh, Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel had to say? Well, about I think reality is coming home to roost. The fact is the only solution is, is vaccination. And for those who choose not to be vaccinated, then, then with, without sounding uncaring or insensitive, then the Darwin principle takes effect. And, and the fact is that you're either going to be vaccinated or you're going to get COVID. That's all there is to it, especially with this new Delta variant. Laura, your response to uh, what we heard from Chairwoman uh, McDaniel and, and everything going on in the news this week. Well, I mean, Mike, Mike makes a great point. I mean, it, it is, it, it really, there is a delineation, unfortunately, because this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. But what I think we're also seeing with some of these Republican um, leaders is that a lot of members of their base chose to follow uh, chose to follow Donald Trump and chose to follow that rhetoric and chose to not get vaccinated. And now they are seeing their supporters as well as others who are really being impacted by this in a very negative way. And as Laura said, I mean, we are moving in a direction with the Delta with the Delta variant. We don't know what other variants are going to be out there, but we're moving in one where we could have some very severe repercussions come fall. What about this uh, Jim Banks situation blocked from the January 6th commission this week by Speaker Nancy Pelosi, the RNC chair, with some pointed comments on that today as well. Well, I think it's tradition in both parties to let the other party choose the members of the, that represent them on a committee. So I'm disappointed that Speaker Pelosi chose to, uh, to pull Jim Banks. On the other hand, Jim Banks has chosen to be pretty far out there along with people like Jim Jordan, making decisions or announcing decisions and positions before the investigation has even been held. And so one person I've always been very proud of is Todd Young, because during, during the Russian investigation, during all the last few investigations we've had, he's always kept his powder dry and listened at the evidence, whether it's impeachment or Russia or anything. And I think that's the wise choice. So in some ways, Jim Banks is paying for his, his outspokenness, but he'll, he'll get a benefit because 
he's playing to the, the, the base and to the party. Your thoughts on how all this played out, Laura? Well, it certainly was on brand for Jim Banks. I mean, as soon as, 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 soon as he was removed from the panel, I mean, he had a fundraising, and, uh, fundraising solicitation going out. So um, I think it makes the Democratic base happy. I think it makes the Republican base happy. But at the core of the issue is we've got to get to what happens. And I don't know if Kevin McCarthy and some of these other folks really want to get there. And Laura, we asked this earlier in some of our interviews, is there any way for Congress to do this? at all in a way that, that both parties are pleased with? It's hard to imagine there was any way they could do it that really would have an outcome people would agree with. Uh, to Mike's point, you know, tradition uh, may be different, but of course there's also policy and there's what people are allowed to do versus what they may prefer or want to do. This was political from the very beginning and I think it'd be uh, just silly to imagine it wouldn't have an outcome that's gonna be divisive, a process that's gonna be divisive. That's that's wrapped up in this entire process here. Uh, pretty much everything right now in Washington, pretty divided, we'll see how that impacts the infrastructure talks and everything else going on in D.C. Our panel is going to be back right after this with this week's winners and losers. Stick around. We'll be right back. All right, time for this week's winners and losers. Laura, I'll start with you. Well, I only have winners, and I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction. It's Team USA finally getting the Summer Olympics, albeit a year late. And pretty unique with our country, we have the most female athletes with 329 represented. So very exciting to watch our team do well this year. Hopefully they have a great Olympics out in Tokyo. Mike? My winners have to be all the Hoosiers who are in the Olympics. Yeah. Whether they win or lose, the fact they got here is a heck of a lot better than I could have ever done. <laughs> and my loser has to be Tom Barrick. The guy just got out of sitting in the Los Angeles jail for three days, $250 million bond all because he allegedly tried to influence Trump's foreign policy by illegally acting as an agent for the UAE. He's smarter than that. Laura? Mm -hmm. Well, my winner is Linda Broadfoot, um, who announced that she's leaving the Indianapolis Parks Department. Um, she's done a terrific job leading the department, and I wish her absolutely the best as she moves forward. My loser is, no surprise, Jim Banks. All right. We're going to leave it there. Thank right. you all for being here. Thank we you. appreciate it. Much more to come on Fox News Sunday and Face the Nation. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus.